Hey everyone and welcome back to the podcast and as you well know I always introduce these podcasts in the same way. These are my favourite podcasts. These are the podcasts where I bring on the people that I have been supporting, helping, helping them help themselves which is the beauty of all of this and I would like to say a huge welcome to Anne-Marie. Hello, hello. Hello, Anne-Marie. How are you today? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm wonderful, apart from this tickly cough, which we spoke <laughs> about. Um, but yes, very well, thank you. So today, um, obviously, people that maybe have been listening have, have listened back through the back catalogue, and I do urge you to to listen to those other podcasts of people that were maybe in a similar position and sharing their story, sharing um, the journey that they've been on, the success that they've had, um, you know, just so that you can feel a little bit inspired of going, you know what, I'm not stuck. There is a way out, uh, even though I may have tried everything. So if I can offer that little bit of a lighthouse in the dark, um, here it is right now. So what I want to really do, Anne-Marie, is with any decent story is take <laughs> us back, take us back to the start. So you reached out. Um, I, I guess we could start with that is like, you know, how you reached out and why you reached out. So it was back in May, I think, last year. Um, I'd followed you I'd worked with you previously and then I'd followed you just generally podcasts, information, and I thought, enough's enough. I need to do something. I need to write to Ian and say, hello, <laughs> need some help. Um, because obviously I'd got to that place where it wasn't in a good place. Food was a, was a no, what do you call it? A demon. It wasn't good in body shape, body health, well-being, just generally not good in my own skin. So it took us a, a week probably to go send an email, send an email <laughs> or a message. And then I did. Um, and then I remember our first call. I was sitting somewhere in Netherlands, I think. I'd been on a work trip on my way back and we had our first chat. So, yeah. So just it, it just followed you and then thought, right, I need to do something about it. So picked up the phone or text. I can't remember which of what I did. Text or email, one or the other. Some form of communication went down. Yeah. Um absolutely and i think i was sitting in a lay-by waiting in the, for my wife from the airport at the time which was yeah. you know with a very kind of airplane abroad theme went on um absolutely but, but that's the thing often a lot of people um i'm on their radar um and i think you, you yourself never really had any interaction with us other than the initial message that i got mm -hmm. through like a bit of a surprise mm-hmm Yep, correct. Was there any particular reason for that, do you think? No, I think I'm just humbly wandering along with life and listening to things and then thinking I should do something. And then you don't, and then it goes to the back of your mind, and then you listen again and think, just do it. Because I think you put off and put off, and then all of a sudden something just clicks and you think, do you know what, enough's enough, just message. What's the harm of messaging and where do you go from there? Absolutely. Yeah. So those that are listening, you know, it any point like my inbox is open you know and i will leave um things in the show notes if you do want to get um in contact but like it does just start 
very kind of like I guess informal like it's I guess you could explain like how the process felt for you like you know I can imagine that there is a lot of uh skepticism and 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 doubt and worry how was that phase of kind of maybe beginning that process for you I think it was fine because obviously I knew you previously so it was good just to reflect where I am now where I was then (laughs) in terms of life work um you know traveling a lot long hours not sleeping not happy in my own skin, just feeling really down and out with myself, to be honest. And I think it's just kind of sharing where you are, where I was then, what what was the, not the problem, just, yeah, this is life, this is what's going on. How do I make some changes to make things better for the future? So it was just kind of a, a nice conversation, sharing where we were, and then we started the journey and you asked, you know, different types of questions, what do you want out of it, various things, and then then we started the conversation and all the different topics that went along with that. Mm-hmm. If we could go back to like your history with all of this, because I know you'd said, and um, full disclosure, we have kind of worked together, I would say probably in my infancy as, yeah, a, as a kind of a health practitioner when I was mm-hmm. a personal trainer. Um, and in many ways, like um, the reason I've very much transitioned to who I am and where I am right now was because I kind of didn't feel fully aligned with the the overall cultural tone of what the fitness and diet industry represented. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, by the way, if I contributed to any of the issues as a <laughs> the previous version of me, I do apologize um, because, like, listen, the heart, the intention was always there, but life um, has taught me otherwise and of course personal experience so where were you like where is this journey stem from in in your life so I guess it stems from you know you're always on some sort of diet or you're always on some six-week challenge to kind of lose weight do a lot of exercise then you look then you're in slimming world then you're not then you are then you just go through bouts of probably emotional eating as as most of us do but then it just kind of spirals from there. And then I think I got to the point where I thought I'm the heaviest I've ever been and I'm not comfortable. So what am I doing that? What do I need to do to change some habits, get into a new way of thinking to change, to change, to make things better for the future. So you're also looking after yourself for the future and your future years to come. And you're not continuing in the same vein where you don't feel good and you get bigger or whatever that may be. So you know, you've done slimmer. Well, like I say, I've, I've done that many six weeks challenges, but it, yeah, it works for a short period of time, but then you, you end up going backwards. You haven't built in those habits to make things improve. Mm. And it's yeah. not necessarily, as I have learned on this journey, it's not all about food. <laughs> well, hey, this is what this educational podcast hopefully is all about. <laughs> um, You know, that looking in the, the wrong area. And that's, I mean, mm. we'll get onto that, but ironically this is the thing that i find when i'm working with people and especially women that they've they've almost all of their life done like all of the challenges and all of the 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 boot camps all of the uh the groups um all of the kind of the the fads and they've worked them the way through 
the entire list <laughs> different ones absolutely yeah. and then the irony is like you know as you say it's kind of like there is that mini like hit of dopamine of like hey this is working until of course it doesn't work and unfortunately the typical thing is i hear too often is i'm the heaviest i've ever been um over a time scale mm -hmm. how long's that been and i'm not disclosing the age <laughs> but you could say 15 years or more even it can be that length when you think when i, if I look back yeah on and off yeah. <laughs> for that period of time yeah i mean it is what it is listen I'm, I'm, is. absolutely i think sometimes when listen when people are in their like 20s and all of that yeah they kind of just you don't think about this do you no it's not that important then yeah <laughs> it's and, all about and the, going out having fun having a life yeah but again and it's sometimes when you <laughs> even when you're dieting when people are dieting they're not thinking about like the long-term implications mm -hmm. because they've never experienced the long-term implications so when you experience the long-term implications time and time again over say a 15-year period mm -hmm. you then start going hmm if i do that again yeah what's the long-term implications because i've done it five six seven eight nine ten times or yeah. over this course of time um so it's like what do i do where do i turn yeah. What help do I need? And what, what maybe damage have I done uh, to my body, to my mind, um, and all of those sorts of things? So over that period of time, there was 15 years, there was obviously um, numerous kind of failed attempts. How did all of that kind of leave you feeling? I guess early years, it's kind of like, yeah, okay, it is what it is. But then when you get a bit older, you kind of like... It's not working and again it does it demoralizes you you just get a bit stuck in a rut and you're like oh, nothing's worked here i go again back to the same cycle and, I, and then i kind of think oh, what am i not doing what, what what's the motivation what's what's stopping it so you kind of question all the things you do but you just kind of get a bit downhearted that nothing's really working and you kind of like well i'm doing something wrong or you get yourself in a bit of a downward spiral in, in for want of a better word and you mentioned earlier, like the kind of the emotional eating. And for me, it's not, I, I'm not a, a binge eater, but if I'm stressed or something's going on, you're busy, you've got long hours, you pick at things that are just, you just kind of, I'll have a pack of crisps here, or I'll have a, you know what I mean? You're kind of, I'm not a one that just kind of binge, 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 but I'm also kind of wary of that something going on in my life and it's like oh that's the easiest thing to eat instead of thinking what what's the root cause of the issue and what can i do about it rather than thinking why is food the why is food the optimum to solve the problem all the time when it not necessarily is yeah it might make you feel better but in the end you kind of think oh wish i hadn't eaten that yeah so yeah i mean all of that like those negative feelings after the initial feeling of huh? kind of it, it it typically outweighs it doesn't it it does yeah absolutely where if if in terms of reflection like if you <laughs> never figured like kind of resolved this in such a way 
what do you think would have been the the long-term implications like what do you think would have happened if the cycle had continued probably just in that same downward spiral probably put more weight on and just be stuck in that rut of kind of not being happy not being self-confident with yourself i think that's one of the things i said when i started i just don't feel confident in my own skin wearing nice clothes or I'm always thinking I've got to buy bigger clothes all of that kind of thing so your self-confidence get knocks but just you just continue in that cycle um so for me it was kind of I don't want to keep doing that Mm. and I also don't want to become too unhealthy that it then causes either medical issues or whatever else in the future which you don't really want to have when you're getting older and for me it was kind of like right what do you do to get yourself on a better even playing field <laughs> so that's what i did i thought it's a good idea to start where you are and then move on that journey you've already mentioned like all of the things that you'd you'd tried which mm-hmm. might be more the kind of a lot of the commercial stuff mm-hmm. um but also maybe it was any attempts of like kind of self-imposed rules like right i'm you know like i'm being good or i'm, I'm, I'm being really... good i'm talking to myself i'll be good today and i'll not eat that today and then i'll, I'll have salads today you know it was kind of talk, talking to yourself in that stupid language of when you go out for a meal oh i'll only have this or i'm not gonna have that because that's not very healthy or if you were on some sort of diet it's like can't have that because that's too many points too many sins too many calories so it was all that kind of negative language towards yourself of you can't do this and you can't do that Mm. Mm. and how much space like did this how much like bandwidth did you feel this all like took up for you it takes up a lot of bandwidth because even when you talk with your your friends and they're all everybody's all on some sort of diet or some sort of you know health kick and we all get into some of these conversations around Oh, what are you eating today? Why are we eating that? We should have this. So it kind of gets in, you get into that negative spiral all of you together as well when you when you're all doing some sort of scenario or some sort of course. <laughs> and I think that's one of the things that we we've spoken about quite a lot is like the how noticeable all of that stuff kind of really was when you were mm-hmm. kind of like separating you yourself from that culture. It was interesting because you're talking your friend's circle and they're all talking about what they can eat and various things. And then I started thinking it's so interesting after the conversations with you where the mindset is. And even to the the conversation of I'm happy for them because that's the journey they want to go on. But I then kept saying to you, do we really need to have to talk about don't have this or don't have that? Because at the end of the day, it's food. And if you want to have something, have it. Nothing's off limits as long as you're in that in a good space to do it but also kind of like oh I must go I I was always kind of like I must go to the gym and I haven't got the gym it's an issue Mm -hmm. and for me it's all about movement and physical activity so it was kind of very interesting and then I think we also talked about social media and the channels that you have on either your Instagram or your Facebook and it's so interesting of the the things that you've just been so accustomed to that come through on your news feeds that are really different to what you and I were talking about. So there was obviously all those, you know, all these people in these kind of, as I say, boot camps, 21 days and you get your money back, all those kind of things and discussions in your feed. So all of that just swarms through your news feed all the time. And it's kind of thinking, how do you start to 
that we talked about, how do you start to block some of that out so you get more into that positive rhythm? So mm. people like different kind of athletes and stuff I've started to follow, like Jessica Ennis-Hill or Laura Stedman, people like that, just to, because they're on a different, they're not shoving all the other negative stuff in yeah. your face. It's all kind of positive, you know, reinforcement of different things they're doing. So it's looking at how do you, how do you even, when you follow things, how do you switch in your social channels to to start looking at that differently as well? Especially if you spend time like a lot of people do on social media mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. you know you are curating and feeding your internal like kind of algorithm a certain mm -hmm. message and um you know that if you are constantly bombarded with mm -hmm. um unachievable bodies um often bodies that are a result of say um could be drugs could be photoshop mm -hmm. it could be even um disordered eating which mm -hmm. the fitness industry is rife with you just don't see it because people put a picture up on their things and you just don't know all of the contributing factors behind that picture yeah. mm -hmm. um what's going on behind the scenes and having having had worked in that industry for a long time especially being within the bodybuilding world for a time mm -hmm. also. I just saw the disordered nature of things and the the topics of conversation and uh, the thought patterns. Um, now that you're kind of like where you are now mentally in mm -hmm. terms of, it's almost like looking from the outside in, mm -hmm. do you see like why your previous self maybe have been so kind of like, I guess receptive, receptive mm -hmm. of that stuff. Because I think you're so used to being in a cycle of need to lose weight, need to go to the gym, need to try slimming world, need to try all these things, and it just cycles through you, and it's become like, I don't know, shall we say, part of your DNA, and it's just one of these things that comes through. But now, if you look from the outside in, following people who have a much more positive outlook on life. And they're, they're healthy and they're, and they're well-being. Maybe they're an athlete. Maybe they're not. They're just kind of um, speakers who are, who are doing different, you know, different contexts of different things. It just starts you to think about things in a much different way and think, actually, what do I want to be on that track of going back to the world and all those negative things? No, I don't, because you don't want to be in that whole, how much time in your life does that take up? Um, but it's also thinking... You're very receptive to it because you're in that mode of being sorry for yourself. Nothing's working. Oh, I'll try this. Or something else feeds through. Oh, somebody else has tried that. I'll try it. So it's kind of you're very receptive to it in that low mood where things aren't going right. Whereas when you start to think differently, it's like, oh, actually, there is lots of other different affirmations out there that are better than where you where you were. The unfortunate thing is with working with someone like myself um it can often feel like a, a little bit of a last ditch attempt mm -hmm. um you know because they have exhausted all Avenue. possibilities in their mm -hmm. head so you know when people are operating from a place of unfortunately like desperation mm -hmm. it can you can get kind of drawn into the wrong things because of course we want that pain relief super mm. quickly and if somebody's promising that pain relief 
with minimal amount of effort mm -hmm. you know of course you're going to be receptive to it because mm -hmm. you're human and that's how marketing works absolutely you're in pain they have a solution they have the tablet mm -hmm. buy my stuff mm -hmm. you know and obviously i i appreciate the delicacy of this and the mm -hmm. vulnerability and this is why i'm so ever grateful for people that do wish to do agree to come on this because mm -hmm. like they are sharing somebody else who maybe feels in the same place that they want what do i do uh -huh. yeah. yeah which so i'm really grateful of that where was like when was that kind of like ah, that moment where you were just like right I'm going to get this sorted. Was there a particular thing going on to memory that you were just like, yeah, this this isn't right. I need to do something. Not a particular thing, but I guess work is a big factor with me because I travel a lot. Mm. Long hours, long days, you know, not enough sleep, traveling your life through airports. So at some point, it's kind of like, how do you... How do you stop the train? <laughs> but also, I don't think there was a specific point. You'd, I just kind of thought life's kind of on a, a massive fast roller coaster. And how do you put us not put a stop to some things, but how do you put some good systems and basics in place to help you cope with some of all the different things that you go through that mm -hmm. just help towards health, well-being and just being feeling better? So I don't think there was one specific point. I think it was just a build up over time and it's kind of like just do it instead of kind of sitting in your own head and saying I'm not going to do anything about it it was like just taking that plunge and doing it and I think as well like obviously what your brain does is it uses experience from the past mm -hmm. and it'll project it into the future so like in many ways what I want to do is kind of like not represent another variation of what you've done because if people mm -hmm. are pooling me in that kind of diet camp a long time mm -hmm. alongside the slimming groups or even other coaches mm -hmm. they've worked with or experience if they're hard because that's the the way the brain works is it just kind mm -hmm. of generalizes and you know puts everything into a camp so it can understand it so i have to make sure that listen i want you to know that this is different so so my question Anne marie for you is like what was what were your expectations coming into this what were you thinking that i would be giving you versus what you actually got so far even if i flip back a few years when we first did it when you were in your infancy when <laughs> yeah. i was I kind shit of had the same kind of <laughs> Same kind of impression of we'll have some coaching sessions, we'll talk about good nutrition, exercise and things. But it was completely different from then to now. And gone through a bit of a, a journey about yourself and what you value the most in life. And there was like a number of different exercises. So I think when I started off, it was kind of like it worked the last time we had a good, you know, when we were working together. So I was kind of thinking, well, we're going to be on that same Mm. roller coaster if you know what I mean together but it was completely different so completely different even from then to now and it 
in a good way because it's thinking about you, you do a lot of soul searching and thinking about yourself like you would never really think about if you're just wanting to lose weight so if you got into slimming world you don't think about what are your values what do you value the most what what things make you tick what what's your future state look like the future you none of that is in any of those other things so it's it's very much tailored to you and your lifestyle and then how do you make things work with your lifestyle as well so completely different so i had that was my first perception of it'll be food related it'll be exercise related but completely different and i think this just goes to to show like um you know the development that i made as a coach because like Mm -hmm. if if it was just the same is what mm-hmm. I'd done the last time because I didn't know any different. Like, mm-hmm. um, because I wasn't even, I didn't have that degree of self-awareness and um, mm-hmm. didn't have that degree of life experience either, you know? So mm-hmm. since I've had two children and married and had life's experiences that, that life mm-hmm. just throws at you. Um, mm-hmm. So if, if I just kind of, if we just done what we done the last time, because you were like, oh, that worked the last time. It's almost like going, to to the slimming group i'll not say its name you've said it but Mm -hmm. um it's almost like going back to the slimming group again and they're just Mm going to give you the essentially the same thing um and you know it'll give you that perception right i'm controlling myself versus Mm -hmm. right actually like what i want to do is give people that freedom of choice so it's really nice and I, i thank you for like sharing that so people mm-hmm. can understand that like hey you cannot do the same thing that clearly hasn't worked worked mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely so what was like really surprising then so i think for me we the first bit we obviously started a bit around basics of nutrition and all the different modules that we talk about and that's mainly to get you into a bit of a a mindset and habit of things to think about when you you know when you're building a meal or when you're cooking because it's it's really straightforward there's nothing complex about it so that was kind of at the beginning but then we got into various other things towards like who do you want to be who are you? So starting at your early years of how old you were and what did you eat then and what did you look like then and all the different topics. But it was all about thinking about your future. What are your successes? Where do you want to be? What's your vision in life? What you know? What do you? Where do you want? What's your bigger picture? So really, in the end, it wasn't really that much about food, more about your life, your lifestyle, but also thinking about you know if you want to make a difference and you want to be something different in 10 years time, what is it you want to do? So we did a vision board. Never have I done a vision board in my life. And I would say to you, I'd never do anything like this. This is ridiculous. But actually it just shows all the different exercises that we do. You're focusing on your family, your friends, your health, your singing, whatever I do. It's actually on a five or six pictures shows you exactly where you want to be and what you want to do. And I think the nice, and if I get this set the sentence right, where energy goes, energy flows, or the other way around. <laughs> I always say it, so I always remember that sentence. And it's true because I look at my own vision board and I kind of think, yeah, that's me, and that's where I want to go, and that's the big picture. Whereas you would never ever have that kind of conversation in a group. 
Photoshop would say, well, not say the name of them, but do you know what I mean? That's not, none of that is something you actually look at. So it's a bit more soul searching and thinking about yourself. So making you think outside the box, because I used to get the questionnaires and think, God, I can't answer these things. These are hard. But then when you read your things, I'm saying, don't make it complicated. Don't. Just write down what you think straight away. And it was just a really different exercises which gets you to that picture board. And I think you talked about yours. You have it on your phone. I have it as a screensaver at work. So it's always there and visual in terms of, am I still true to myself of the things that I want to do on that vision board? Mm. Yeah. I love that. Being true to yourself. And like you've said, life um, many times throughout this is like what is important in life. And, you know, ultimately helping these people. And you said it there, like almost right you know, mm -hmm. where, where focus goes, energy flows. Um, <laughs> and what is, what is, what is a, a, a desperate diet, a yo-yo diet, an emotional eater, a binge eater, whatever kind of, they want to kind of refer themselves as, where is their focus constantly at? Mm -hmm. Food. Food. Food and how many calories do I need to count or how many sins do I have to not have today? And it's kind of like, that's not important in life, <laughs> it, yes. you know, because when you're in that negative trend and you're trying to do something and a lot of people are, you're consumed by it. But when you go through all the different exercises with you, it's kind of like, why do I want to sit and write count how many sins I've got in what I'm eating? Why do I want to write it in a book? Why do I want to not have something to eat because I can't have it? And I think the other thing that was interesting in the journey was that towards and away language. So it, it was interesting reading some of the sentences that I still got wrong. However, it's a learning thing because it's just you, you, you say things in a certain way. And then when you read them back, you go, that's really in a, it's not that's a, really in a negative way. So that was the eye opening questionnaire that I thought I never really thought of it until you started like till you tweak a certain word, which makes something sound towards and rather than a way i can't explain it in a good way but that was a that was an eye opener but it's just i don't want to spend my life counting calories i'll go on on the phone and say let's put however many foods in here to count your calories in the app why would you want to do that anymore and, and i do want to talk a little bit about food because obviously yeah. like um reconnecting you with your body with food again not seeing food as like this this good bad black white right wrong you know yeah. and and having a what i would call like a positive uh, neutral relationship mm -hmm. with food um, and us primarily focusing not necessarily on what i call the x's and o's which is like you know eat vegetables eat mm -hmm. protein eat like you know this that mm -hmm. and the other this is healthy this is mm -hmm. unhealthy because yeah. like you know you are a grown woman and it would be insulting your intelligence to kind of assume mm -hmm. you did not know and this is what so many people say is i know what i need to do yet but some, you know and i think if you think about that some people say they know what they need to do but actually you don't in a real world because you get, you know, when, when you talk, you kind of give that the basics, even that basic nutrition guide, two pages, which is fantastic, telling you, you know, portion sizes and stuff. 
you might think you know but until you kind of get yourself into a way of thinking what things are I don't like saying good or bad but what things are better for you is kind of is a, is a way of thinking and we all think you know I probably thought oh yeah I know exactly how much protein I should have I should eat vegetables etc but sometimes you just need a, that reaffirmation of things that are, are working and I think a lot of the things we, we talked about hydration we talked about sleep we talked about movement we talked about all the different nutrients and what they could be and a lot of people don't know that yes you hear things you hear oh yeah that's a saturated fat that's a more but what does it actually mean to you if you know what I mean when you and some of these things are just good from an education point of view so you understand it you can ask questions around it do you need to know it forever no but is it then it's in it's something you know then it's good but you don't know all of these th you think you know all of these things but they're in the periphery they're not in detail if you know what I mean and I think as well obviously like there is that aspect of health, which like I like to because of mm -hmm. my background as a, an evidence based nutritionist. I want people to be equipped with facts mm -hmm. so that they feel empowered if they are challenged, because a lot of the people that I help um, have low confidence and that confidence mm -hmm. can quite easily be shaken when, you know, and it can be somebody just off the street or a friend who just asks or probes about what you were doing and because you're in this mm. low state of confidence you know and i'm in many ways like you don't have to explain yourself these days you know it's your diet it's your um which are connected and aligned with what you want from life mm -hmm. um the the vision that you you've created um and i think this is one of the most important things about coaching as well is like there's and i think even the word coaching everyone's a bloody coach these days but they're not coaching um coaching is about working with the person in their world with their in their language um you know with their belief systems mm -hmm. and i as a coach hopefully help facilitate like a, a, a change within the individual that they almost do themselves i'm just kind of there in just to help subtly nudge rather than say, do this, do this, do this. That's not coaching in my eyes. No. Was that like a, a small expectation coming into this? Because I know what I ask all clients usually throughout the process. I'm like, what did you expect? And they were just like, yeah, I just expected another diet. I just expected no. like rules, a list, do this, do that, don't do this, <laughs> exactly. don't do that. Yeah, and I think... That's, you know, some of that is sometimes what, what you do think. And, that, and that's what I said, I think, at the beginning. I was kind of like, we're just going to talk about food and do these things and have a good exercise regime and blah, blah, blah. And it's so much more than that. And even, yeah. but it is, it is important. And I think it's important to get that basic nutrition right. So it just helps you on that healthy journey. Because mm. if, you, if you still do, if you don't get into the mindset and you still think about the things in the way you did, you don't move the needle forward and and for me it was all about I'm thinking differently so I think I tell you the one thing that I really enjoyed was the intuitive eating um audio book yeah. and that had quite a lot of eye-opening um listening and just kind of some things that just resonate with you and I think that that for me was one of the turning points of some of the things that you think 
God, I think I've been thinking like that for however long and, and why. And it and it was just a really interesting way of looking at food and how you how you look at yourself from when you were little to where you are today. And it's just really interesting, but it's also connects to the basics that were started off at the beginning. Yeah. And that, that's the thing is like we always say to people and whomever I'm working with is like mm -hmm listen every diet out there is going to give you what your um kind of survival brain wants which is like do this this will happen it wants guarantees but that isn't real that's that's your brain wanting safety and security because mm -hmm. that's what's designed to do that's why we call it the survival brain mm -hmm. but like unfortunately we have the more conscious brain that mm. wants freedom and autonomy so these two can it can be a bit of a battle of wills so mm. these two things must run parallel and aligned with each other so working with Anne marie and every other individual that i do work with their diet is your diet is ultimately yours or theirs mm. you know like it's about you being in the driver's seat. It's about you having choice for once in your life, not being told what to do, when to do it, like you're a bloody adult. Um, you know, and it's, it's like... Thinking, I've got to follow this sheet yeah. to the letter. <laughs> and, and this is the thing, like I don't do, I, I don't do before and after pictures. I actually discourage weighing in and, and doing all that because I'm like, if you don't want to be a little desperate dieter stop doing what desperate dieters do and i would rather somebody a good bloody client absorb 5 10 15 podcasts mm -hmm. and had a bit of back and forward with us and we create like a bit of a human connection because mm -hmm. this is all about a relationship and trust cuz mm -hmm. i fully appreciate you putting time effort and money into this process mm -hmm. and i am hugely respectful of that um you know so when it comes to like maybe the the experiences that you have or had mm -hmm. and will continue to have mm -hmm. your mindset would you say is different to like maybe what the dieters mindset would have been like in terms mm -hmm. of pass fail good bad right wrong what would you say your like internal wiring is now in relation to this entire journey? So I think I'm not in that mindset of after count anything. I'm kind of like not interested in the likes of a living world or whatever that may be. I'm wired in the bigger picture of where I want to be, what I want to do. And it's kind of, and it isn't all about food when you think about it. You know, yes, it plays a part. Food, nutrition, sleep, hydration, movement, and not thinking I've got to slog myself in the gym for hours. Try something different, doing new things. Don't just do the same old, same old. You know, you kind of think, I've got to do 10,000 steps. And we had this conversation, I think, in the early thing of like, oh, God, because I'm so sedentary from a work perspective, I need to do something. And I used to think, I've got to, we've got to get to so many steps. And then you kind of got to the, the zone of, I'm not getting a 10,000 steps a day. Now it's getting to be an issue. Now I don't even look at the step count a day. I get out and I move every day. I'm out for a walk at lunchtime. So I've got into these good habits of doing something, whether that's a walk, 
yes, I still go to the gym or I go swimming or I do something that's different because I kind of doing the same old, same old, not doing anything. But movement is a key thing. Mm-hmm. And then because you're so sedentary and if I'm traveling a lot and then I'm in a lot of airplanes, <laughs> movement is key. So for me, it's kind of, it's all of all of it encompassing. So there's the food and the, the basics. It's the, all the different things we've talked about, but it's the bigger picture of where do you want to be? Food becomes the byproduct and weight loss becomes the byproduct because once you're healthy and you feel healthy in your own skin, things start to make a difference. And I think for me, we talked about it just before Christmas where we've had some challenges at work. I would have handled it probably a lot differently in terms of being in that zone of emotional eating and doing stupid things and just feeling sorry for myself where actually I'm like, okay, I've got to be practical. This is how I'm going to have to deal with things in a bit more of a structured way, which has helped. I think, yeah. It's a we, long way around the answer. Yeah. But... And, and I think, listen, like um, you had a lot of stuff going on with work before mm-hmm. the Christmas period. We are recording mm-hmm. this now in January, just for context. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, 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 you were ill for like mm-hmm. several weeks. Yeah. And this is the thing with the dieters mentality um this good bad stuff is like you know people are expecting just to clear they want a clear run and obviously a lot of people wait till january and they're like right everything will be out the way all of the food will be gone um you know I'll, i'll be good whereas like what we've taught you is the ability to regulate your emotions more appropriately um, and not using food to cope with them mm-hmm. um, and having some like good kind of baseline staples in play not having that underlying diet is kind of agenda there mm-hmm. um, and seeing like more of the big picture rather mm-hmm. than operating in these very short like chunks of time where it's like oh it's been a it's been a bad day it's been a bad week it's been a bad like Anything. you know yeah <laughs> Yeah. I'll start again on Monday. I'll start. I'll yeah. start in January, you, you know, and things like it, that. It doesn't matter when you start because this journey is a journey. Yeah. It's not like I've got to start in January because I'll get rid of all the chocolate. I've still got mountains of chocolate from Christmas, but it's kind of a, yeah, it's there. Normally in the past, you hide it in the garage or something, so you don't want to eat it. But no, it's there. Don't hide things out your cupboard because then you want it more. But for me, it's kind of, I, I would have been in that zone of, oh God, I'm just going to eat rubbish. I'm just going to not look after myself. But it also opened my eyes for all the things we talked about in that running up to Christmas with everything that was going on, work and everything, you get to a burnout stage as well. And then when you get to a break, everything just falls apart and you become ill. And I kind of, it kind of also has flipped a switch a little bit into the new year of, I'm not going to do that anymore. Work hours and hours upon end not having a life, travel stupid o'clock in the morning, do what's right for yourself. Make sure you're a priority rather than kind of think, no, I'll do what's right for the business. And I think, no, I'm going to do what's right for me because I don't want to get to the summer holidays or another holiday and be ill. And you kind of think, you know, Christmas is normally a longer period when everybody's off as well. So it also flipped a switch into me thinking, actually, Yes, I have been looking after myself and all the good things, but actually at some point you kind of think, no, things need to change to make sure that you don't get to that stage again. Yeah, and it's kind of that, do you do you live to work or, or work to live? Live, yeah, absolutely. 
I think, um, you know, when people come on board with me, we start working together. Mm-hmm. We work together for a period of time, like, you know, a good six months. Because, like, what we're able to do is really kind of have, you're able to live a life. You're able to go through periods of of stress, mm-hmm. strain, um, struggle, all mm-hmm. of the things that usually you would go through. Um, mm-hmm. However, the ability for us to to work and help you understand and regulate and mm-hmm. um, have better mechanisms for coping and and having just that general self awareness, mm-hmm. um, learning about your body again, reconnecting with food, um, you know, and I always say to people like especially I don't know how long somebody's been dieting and the extremes that they've went through and Mm -hmm. what that's done in the the kind of maybe relative short term but like what I do think do know is that any weight loss that is occurred with like a horrendous relationship with food as the foundations inevitably will just end up like the last thing and people will Mm -hmm generally diet themselves into a heavier place uh physically a worse place physically but mm-hmm. also metabolically um emotionally all of that sort of thing um mm-hmm. so foundational wise like where would you say your your relationship with food is right now a lot better nothing's off the nothing's off the menu <laughs> which is nice because you'd normally go somewhere, oh, I can't have that tonight. But I also just think I make better choices, I think the word as well. And it's kind of, if I want a slice of cake, when we go out for a coffee with the girls, have a slice of cake, don't sit there and go, I'm not having a cup of coffee because a cup of cake, a slice of cake today because I can't have one. Nothing's off the menu. So it's kind of like, you, you, but you then you also, you've got a good understanding of the basics and then you start to, to regulate a little bit and start thinking actually if I make a couple of changes and tweaks that's more healthier in an option then that's good so my relationship with food is is I'm not in that zone of I can't eat anything now it's kind of like if you want something have it because then yeah otherwise you sit there and think for the next hour why didn't I have that piece of cake or why didn't I have that but not in like let's have a whole cake yeah. <laughs> Or let's have a massive bar of chocolate in the whole 10 minutes. You might just have two squares of something. So it's kind of, it's there. You're not hiding it in a cupboard. You're not hiding it in the garage. It's there. And I'm not kind of, we're not having that conversation. I guess Stephen and I know at the very beginning, he's going, well, you can't have that. I says, I'm not getting into this conversation of I can't have, etc. I want to have something, I have it. So we're, we're, we're into that conversation now of what would you like for tea, not... What can't you have today? Yeah. <laughs> We're in a, a different space, if you know what I mean, in terms of just, yeah, it's not, I'm not making it a thing anymore. <laughs> and this is the thing with food, like, it, it, it is, yes, absolutely functional. It helps support many processes within the body and health and energy. But also, we don't just eat food. It's like we don't just have sex for reproduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know absolutely. we we do things for pleasure mm-hmm. so having a good strong positive relationship with it 
it mm-hmm. is hugely important the ability to have a piece of cake and understand like you know the um maybe the changes that you might have in appetite regulation uh, and mm-hmm. kind of seeing this as more of a, a constant continuum that flows rather than this like oh man i've ruined things i've ruined progress yeah oh, i've had too many calories today tomorrow i'm gonna yeah. only allowed x yeah i'm gonna restrict i'm gonna compensate yeah. in other ways um and as we said this is just a, a kind of because relative to mm-hmm. the 15 years the the kind of this has been a fairly short-term mm-hmm. like thing thus far but it's the that's what i really want to kind of illustrate is like we have to adopt an attitude that is going to see you through mm-hmm. the rest of your life yeah otherwise it would have just been another diet and stint on to the next one yeah and i guess the other thing i think when I, if i flip back to that intuitive eating book it was all of kind of like honoring your hunger feeling the fullness so when you're full don't just think, oh, there's loads on my plate. I still need to eat it all. And then you get into that food coma at the end and think, oh, I wish I hadn't eaten that. Now I'm in a stage of finished. I'm not hungry. If, I've, if I'm if i eating a meal, I go out last week, for instance, and Stephen says, are you finished? And I went, mm-hmm. I says, I'm not, that's it, I'm hungry, I'm full. And then I, either if it was a pizza or whatever, he has it the next day for his lunch. But just generally, for me, it's kind of like now, it's not like a... I've got to eat everything on my plate. It's more like, right, okay, I'm I'm full. <laughs> and it's okay to leave something. Whereas in the past, I'd kind of think, oh, I'll just kind of eat it. And then I'm like, oh. But now it's like, well, I'm full, so I'm happy. I'm content. Don't need to have any more. Brilliant. A um, couple of uh, questions to kind of to wrap up in terms of like what are your feelings kind of in regards to, to your long-term future in relation to the the health the happiness um and all of that i think for me now the self-confidence is back i'm not thinking about what i look like what clothes i should buy i had a big stigma i think at the beginning about i don't want to buy bigger clothes actually buy the things that make you feel comfortable and you look nice in them stop making it an issue but for me it's kind of there's that vision, I'm looking at it on my screen, there's that vision board of where you want to be. Keep that in mind. You know, your, your things that you want to do in the future, whether that's my coffee shop that I want to open that I've always talked about, you know, going on nice holidays, doing the singing things, spending time with family and friends. Make more time for that, that's what life's all about. Life's for living, it's not for, you know, sitting there thinking, oh, I've got to go to work, and like you say, you're not, you're not living to work. Life's for living and make some changes for your life so you're there for the future and you do the things you want to do but don't make food the the enemy i think's the word i think make food part of what you're doing but just be mindful of that nutritional and maybe some things that you need to tweak just to make that a better improvement but don't and for me it's not thinking i need to go but i'm not going to say i'm going to go back anyway on that journey i've been on because that's not where I want to be. The mindset's in that shift of moving forward. Oh, yeah. Moving forward. I love that. And, you know, the fact is, like you said, they're making nutrition and making food part of the journey because I know so many people that have unfortunately missed out um, and that are continuing to miss out on so much of life's gifts because it's consumed with the food, 
with the worry, with the anxiety, with the 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 chronic exercise. Um, you know, all of these sorts of things keep people stuck in that rut for the longest of time. Um, what would you say, you know, somebody listening is sat there thinking, you know what, like that that is me. Um, and what would you encourage them to do? Well, if that's you, I'd encourage you to pick up the phone, send a text, send an email, however you want to get in touch with Ian. Just do it. Don't wait for a certain point in time, whether that's January for your New Year's resolution. Just do it. And it makes such an improvement on your life. Um, and, and it's a great experience. So, you know, when I'm in a fast-paced role for work, running around the world, I still made the time to do what I'm doing with Ian. And he helped me in many ways to how to deal with things when you travel. So a lot of people who are working and traveling these days are listening. He's also a good a good coach there in terms of putting up some good things to think about when you're traveling to help you as well, especially if you're on a long, like, lot of flights, etc. But for me, pick up the phone, do it now. Don't waste any more time. And I think that's it. I, I, I say, listen, sometimes the the worst time is the best time i've had people funnily enough just before christmas start with me um and that for me just sets the tone of intention that right i want to do this i appreciate life is challenging i've got things going on but i'm going to learn to manage that um because if it's all smooth and sailing and people are like everything's great i'm like well why am i here um so yes, please do reach out. I will, as I said earlier, leave in the show notes all of those sorts of things. Um, please, with the podcast, with YouTube, wherever you are, um, wherever you are absorbing this, um, I would appreciate a share, a like, um, a comment, a subscription, whatever you do on that piece of hardware, software, do the thing. Um, but yeah, I just want to say a huge thank you, Anne-Marie. It's honestly been an absolute pleasure um, seeing you grow, see you overcome all of the challenges and ultimately come out the other side where you are right now. Thank you to you. It's been a great journey and it will continue. <laughs>